This is the Yanks Go Yard Podcast with Adam Weinrib and Thomas Carinante. Welcome on into a Monday edition of the Yanks Go Yard Podcast, the only podcast that gets you Bronx bombed on a Monday afternoon. I'm Adam Weinrib alongside Thomas Carinante. Darkest podcast of the year? No. Darkest podcast of the year so far. There's still time. Um, I said to myself, I often get my mouth gets me in trouble. Even if I don't say things out loud, even if I just think them, sometimes it causes them to happen. When they were getting shut down yesterday, the New York Yankees in the rubber game of a series against the Colorado Rockies, a 35 and 58 team at the time, when they were getting shut down by Chase Anderson and his 7.66 ERA, 109th best in the National League, I said, this will be the most embarrassing loss of the year, but it won't be the worst loss of the year. Because I was like, they're going to lose 3-1 to the worst pitcher in baseball. That's not the worst loss of the year. It's not like a blown late lead type of loss, but it's certainly the most embarrassing. Oh, how wrong I was. There was plenty of time to turn this into the worst loss of the season. They did it twice. There was enough time to turn this into the worst loss of the season, even it back up, take a lead, and turn it back into the worst loss of the season. There's not enough nuance in the way that this team is covered sometimes. And I think our podcast, we hope to sort of bring that emotion back into it. I saw way too many people yesterday and today saying, don't let a series loss to the Rockies change the way you feel about, you know, it's just a series loss to the Rockies. Aaron Boone sort of said the same thing. Chris Kirshner pushed him and was like, you keep saying this is a championship caliber team. They just lost two out of three to the worst team in the National League. We haven't seen that yet. Like, we haven't seen that championship caliber team. And Aaron Boone's like, you got to be kidding me. It's a major league baseball, right? Sometimes you're going to lose lost a series. Come on. That's, come on. You're going to judge us. But we, it's right there in front of us. Right there in front of us. And you know what? Like, I don't even want to disagree with Aaron Boone. It was right there in front of him. Even without Aaron Judge, it was right there in front of him like three weeks ago. Before they went Cardinals, A's, Cubs, Rockies. It actually was right there in front of him. They could have gone four or five games over 500 against the dreck of Major League Baseball. If they could have won one game at Fenway, if they could have been even okay in the month of June and July, like they were okay. They were like a little below 500. But if they could have been a little bit above 500 against these terrible Major League Baseball teams who are not trying to win games, then they truly, it would have been right there in front of them. They actually would have set themselves up well for the second half of the season in August and September. But you know what? It's no longer right there in front of them. And we will talk about this series and game at length as this podcast drones on. I have a laundry list of people to scream at for yesterday's game. I'm sure Thomas Carinante does as well. But the comments uh, right there, you know, the the comment on this feed saying that this feels like when we lost the series to the Reds last year. um, I actually, I I agree with that that vibe because we, we did win one of those games against the Reds, but it was borderline impossible. We walked off on a wild pitch. And after that series with the Reds, I do remember thinking, we just couldn't stop this team. We were getting run over by a boulder that was one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. At every turn, we would take a, a multi-run lead. We would lose it. We would have a three. We had a three-nothing lead in the ninth of that Red Series, uh, and we still had a lead with two strikes, two outs, and Wandy Peralta on the mound. He gave up a single to blow one of those games. I felt that exact vibe in this series, where I was like, "This is one of the worst teams in baseball." Yes, in an environment where offense is king in Colorado with the thin air, but they, they can't be stopped. We are not making a dent on this pitching staff where they're sending three guys with six ERAs to face us. We are not making a dent on this bullpen, given seven innings of opportunities on Saturday behind Connor Siebold 
we scored six runs off of and then said, that's it. And ended up having a save opportunity in that game. And we could not do anything without the aid of the bad Rockies defense yesterday. We scored four runs on errors. We tied the game with the bases loaded one out in the ninth on a double play fly ball. This series could not have gone worse. And it all came to a thundering conclusion yesterday evening with, yes, I would say the rock bottom of the Aaron Boone era. Uh, but if you're riding with us today, you're riding with us for a reason. We'll talk about what comes next. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Drop us those five-star reviews if you don't mind. Find us live on YouTube Mondays and Thursdays, 2 o'clock Eastern. And Thomas Carinante, sorry for being so wordy. You got an offer for the folks in your beautiful purple Colorado Rockies hat today, our new overlords. Yeah, the uh, the the representation of rock bottom Cold Rocky Mountains. Um, hey, Yankees fans, the haters are here today. So this is for you as well. I'm excited to share some great news with you. If you have not yet signed up for DraftKings, you can take advantage of a limited time proto- promo. Um, and uh, you punch in our code, Yanks Go Yard at sign up. You head on over to DraftKings.com or the DraftKings app. Um, you uh, deposit some money, place a $5 wager on any sport, and you will instantly get $150 in bonus bets added to your account, whether you win or lose. Please use that code YanksGoYard. It's very important. Not only does it get you the bonus bets, but it supports our podcast, which is very important because you guys are having a lot of fun here. You're watching, you're commenting, you're reading, you're engaging. So we want more of that, and we want it as the year goes on. So this offer is only available for new customers who are 21 and older and physically present in legal gambling states. Please remember to always gamble responsibly. Cannot emphasize that enough, especially when you're down in the dumps with how these Yankees are performing. Check the episode descriptions for full terms of the offer. Um, My bet, what's my bet? My bet will have to be we're selling at the deadline. That's my bet. What are the odds? Does DraftKings have that? Well, it's really tough. We'll we'll go into this. We'll go into this all. Like it, sure. making an outline for this podcast was impossible because you want the, all the silly things I wanted to talk about before yesterday's game. Like, oh, Aaron Judge thinks he's going to be back in ten days. He's taking BP. Isn't that interesting? I, yeah. I don't care anymore. Yeah. I don't care about that. Nobody does. Uh, if he's back in ten days, that'd be great. Uh, otherwise, you know, believe it when I see it. Uh, Frankie Montas. I was like, ha! He stopped the throwing program. He's feeling pain. He's just playing catch now. It doesn't really feel like a relevant topic of conversation. Uh, if Frankie Montas coming back in September felt irrelevant in May, how irrelevant does it feel now that the Yankees have done this to Colorado? Um, I think Chris Kirshner did a great job yesterday asking Aaron Boone about this specifically and asking him about, you know, this is months of this not being a championship caliber team. Before the deadline, they go in before before the All-Star break, they go in with a letdown. They leave the All-Star break with a letdown. He's one of the few people, and Jack Curry yesterday on the postgame show talking about not just losses, but gut punch losses. They get it. They get it. People don't seem to you, – you can have somebody come in from out of town and look at the record and say they're 15 44. Why are you crying about it? They're right there in the wild card race. Why are you crying about it? Why are you talking about selling at the deadline? They're like two games out. And I understand. It's definitely shameful to throw in, throw in the towel and, and put up the white flag right now, the position the Yankees are in where they're, you know, technically in back of the Blue Jays just a couple of games out. The Astros were struggling, giving up some late leads. They came back and won yesterday. Congrats to them. Very exciting. Those are the teams that the Yankees are chasing, and they're they're right there in range with them. So, you know, I understand. If you want to say, hey, how could you be complaining about this? I get it. But it's the way they lose. 
it's the mm-hmm. two plus years long malaise. I was trying to figure out, you know, what was worse, 2021, where they were blowing all these impossible late leads to the Astros and the Red Sox, or 2023, where they're blowing all these impossible late leads to teams like the Rockies. And honestly, there's no need to even have this debate because this is 2021. The yeah. 2021 roster is the 2020 roster, is the 2022 roster, is the 2023 roster. They were the best team in baseball through August 1st last year. They had a prime opportunity to win the World Series. They bungled it by getting the trade deadline wrong every time they turned around. Every move they made was wrong. I no longer have patience for, oh, good process, bad results. If it didn't work a single time, and if it didn't work in 2021, it's bad process also. It's not good process, bad results. It's bad process, bad job done by bad leadership, bad team. Uh, so we're trying to do the blame game now. I, I don't really have any patience for that either. What, what do you want me to do? Uh, Brian Cashman constructed a bad roster. There are like 18 guys on this team who don't have the will to win and don't appear to be winning ball players. And Aaron Boone's not a good manager either. So yeah, what do you want me to do? Tommy Canley's third straight poor adding yesterday, second that directly led to a loss against a bad team. Clay Holmes with the game on the line throws a cookie to C.J. Crone. Oswald Peraza enters the game and immediately gets gunned down to third to end the ninth inning. Yanks scored those four runs on errors. Again, zero runs up Chase Anderson. Underrated, Glaber Torres with the worst approach possible after two red-hot games to start the second half, swinging himself into the turf in the 11th before Oswald Peraza hit a huge insurance single that didn't matter. We bring Nick Ramirez in for the save. John Flaherty, blame on you, too, for calling a 450-foot home run. Popped it up, you fool. Nick Ramirez then gets two outs after the game is tied, and then we go to Ron Marinaccio. Why? He has a 6.75 ERA in his last seven outings. Absolutely have to bring him in with two outs and nobody on. Can no longer trust Nick Ramirez. By the way, they brought Nick Ramirez in for Nolan Jones. Nick Ramirez has a 950 OPS against lefties. They brought him in for the lefty-lefty matchup. Lefties kill him. Righties have a 530 OPS against him. Got to bring him in for the lefty-lefty matchup. Marinaccio, horribly array, loses the game. Uh, All-time announcer jinx. Guy with no home runs. John Flaherty points it out. He hits a home run in a left field. The Yankees are magnetically drawn to losing road extra innings games. It is fucking insane. They are now one in five this year. And I think they should be sellers. You think they should be sellers. But what is there to sell? There's the conundrum. That seems to be the biggest argument among people who are saying they shouldn't sell. Um, And I guess, yeah, you have somewhat of a point. It's not like you can clean house. Um, And yeah, you you said before, outsiders look in and they say you're 50 and 44. That's actually pretty good. You're still in the hunt. Um, Yeah. Objectively, that's true. Like if you were looking at that record, sure, absolutely. But knowing what we know about this team. This team was supposed to be. Very talented. This team was supposed to be able to weather the injury storm. This team was supposed to pick up their, you know, fellow struggling players. And they don't do that. They don't rise to the occasion. They play down to bad competition. They don't play up to good competition. And this is, again, what we've been dealing with now for three years. You had a very good first half last year, which ended up being the outlier. And then every other tale of the month dating back to 2020 is the same old story. It's not good enough. It's spending a lot of money in all the wrong places. It's making all of the wrong acquisitions. And look, I don't know how many listeners here are uh, those types of people who think everything happens for a reason, but you look around the rest of the league, again, watching a ton of baseball this year. As much Most baseball I've watched in a while. The only other team doing this is the Mets. Like with these disastrous losses, the crazy outcomes, like the the lackluster play, 
um, the, the failure to um, take accountability for things. I don't know if it's a New York thing, whatever, but I think that this, in, now that this is happening for the fourth year in a row in some capacity, these loud losses, these embarrassing losses, the pathetic outcomes are happening for a reason. And it's sending a message, or it should be sending a message to the front office, which maybe should or should not be there. That's a conversation for another time. Unfortunately, we're stuck with these guys for the rest of the year, everybody. So if you keep wanna yell, if you keep wanna yell at us about Brian Cashman, I get it, but he's not going anywhere right now. And even taking him out of the equation right now is not going to fix much because then you have to bring in an entire new um, you know, department of baseball ops, and then they have to figure out how to assess this bullshit. So I think that at the very least, this should should send a message that this assortment of players and the current um philosophy for acquiring these types of assortments of players, which again has been the same case for the last four years, is not the answer, and something needs to be done. So you saw the trade report today about how the Yankees were looking at outfield starting rotation, bullpen. Um, catching position. Yeah, they want to improve 70% of the roster because so the roster is not good enough. And I will be the first one to say that I sat here and I preached patience because I thought at some point it would come around. I thought at some point certain guys would gel, certain guys would step up, certain guys would get acclimated into the situations and the team would get picked up without Aaron Judge. And that hasn't been the case. So um, I uh, I was wrong, but I tried to be as positive as I could for as long as I could. In the end, you sell everything that you possibly can unless there is an an opportunity that you cannot pass up to buy a star player, which I don't think is going to happen. But at this point, you do have sellable assets. Somebody will take Labor Torres, and you can get something for him. Teams will take Mondi Peralta. Teams will take Clay Holmes. Yell at me all you want. Anybody will take Michael King. These guys are not, at this point, they're not going to move the needle for the 2023 Yankees. And if you have an entire half of this year and all of the off season to replace four or five guys that you end up selling at the deadline, that should be enough time to replicate that production or improve in a number of those departments, which I actually think is possible if they make the right moves. Do we rely? Do, are, are we confident they're going to make the right moves? No, but running this back, having the same faces do the same things over and over again and wasting more and more of Aaron judges prime and Garrett Cole's prime is not the right move. And the Yankees need to understand that. They tried the last couple deadlines to go in a, quote, different direction. I would say the Anthony Rizzo move was a little bit of a zig, uh, or it was a little bit of a zag than a zig. I they got in Boston's way, too. Yeah. He was supposed to go to the Red Sox. Like, that's kind of how it's done. And Rizzo was great in 2020. Yeah. He was actually okay in 2021, great okay. last year. Um, and great this year until Fernando Tatis Jr. knocked his head off, which Twitter <laughs> wanted to argue with me for some reason that that didn't matter. I, that That's how down bad Number we one are right now. That's how down bad we are right now. He was an all-star, then he got hit in the brain, and now we can't play baseball. And somebody was like, "That's then he should just go on the IL. That's not an excuse. Oh, using injuries is an excuse. The person kept liking my old tweets and being like, can I tweet about how I don't like Harrison Bader? It's like, how, well, how did this argument become what it is? Anthony Rizzo was great this year then he got hurt now he's bad should he have gone on the il probably is it the sole cause of his struggles no is there an obvious inflection point yes also why are we arguing about the cause of this we both agree he's been terrible that's where it is yankee fans yelling at each other from different houses about why someone has been terrible that we, we that's what we have to argue about now because the team has objectively been awful 
So we all we're shaking hands on how bad they've been, and we have to dig in our heels and be like, "This is why they're bad." No, this is why they're bad. They're, they're bad. Again, I know exactly. Blame. We know exactly why they're bad because there is there is a process here that breaks down for helping guys get out of slumps, helping guys get back on track, helping guys recover from injury. Um, whatever it may be, their spots in the lineup, their usage. I, I don't know what it is. Um, but there is a, once again, a collective conversation that a, a collective of players that we've had this conversation around DJ LeMahieu, Anthony Rizzo, Giancarlo Stanton, Josh Donaldson, the worst slumps of their entire career in the same year on the same team. That is not a coincidence. There is a breakdown somewhere. We don't know where it is. We wish we did. But something else is happening. So the fact that we're arguing about why somebody is bad and uh, trying to defend one uh, possibility or another is completely senseless. Because at this point, we have evidence that all of this is happening under the same dugout roof to to the same collection of players over and over and over again. Because it's happened with various other guys who came through this door. Joey Gallo, worst 140-game stretch in Yankees history. Um and then, you know, just to go back to yesterday's post game, like Aaron Boone, I think not the number one problem, but a problem. You're, again, pressed with a hard question. You're doing, you're insulting the reporter by denying that there could be any possible truth to the question that he had asked about this team being championship caliber. And all you're doing, is buy, you're you're hedging your bets. You're trying to buy yourself as much time. Well, we have two and a half months left. Well, guess what? In two weeks, it'll be two months. Where are you going to be then? Then in a month, there's going to be a month left. So where are you going to be then? And you, you you cannot keep using that as your argument. Oh, we got to play better tomorrow. Yeah, of course we're pissed off. Yeah, I, I mean, I hope all of that's true, but that's not that's not satiating any listener or any fan who's trying to get some answers as to what's going on. I understand that there is no perfect answer here, um, I think that uh, it's kind of impossible to be manager of the New York Yankees unless you're an absolute cutthroat person who can deal with um, all of the negativity, all of the hard questions being thrown your way, um, all of the bad slumps, and there's very few people who could do it. But what Aaron Boone is repeatedly doing is not is not anything that's sustainable. It can't. It cannot instill confidence in the players. Just think about like y- you have fans who are listening to this and being like, what, what does a major league baseball player who is dedicating his life to this craft thinking when they hear what Aaron Boone is saying in the post game, that's, that's, and you, and we don't know what is said behind closed doors, but you know, we do know, we do know that this same managed group of coaches for the most part showed highlights of the 2004 ALCS as motivation last year when they were, they were down three Oh against the Astros. So to tell us, that there is no validity to the possibility that this is not a championship caliber roster for whatever reason you want it to be, whether it's the coaching, whether it's the performance, whether it's just the the assortment of players being incorrect, the chemistry being off, the injuries. It's the same story every year. And this year, I think, is the biggest problem because you can't pinpoint a singular issue. There's a different issue every day. And the newest issue could be the most um, could be the strongest part of the roster just randomly falling apart at the time you need it the most, or just some player who hasn't, you know, who hasn't had any lumps in his game in a while, randomly can't come through when the Yankees need him to come through. Um, so that's why 
this were seeming like it should be more of a sell operation than not, because I don't know how much more evidence anybody needs to know that this is not working. And I think even if you were to buy at the deadline and do that hybrid retool, retool sale that we're talking about, you would need so much talent and you would need to part with so much talent in order to make this switch work. Cause remember you're bringing in new players and you would ostensibly bring in how many new guys, four or five new players. They would have to get reintegrated into the system. You'd have to develop a whole, whole new type of chemistry with them. They would have to mesh just in time for an October run and it's just not sustainable. So it, there is no perfect answer here. I think the Yankees just need to sell their assets they need to figure out, you know, a change at the top come the offseason, whether it's in the front office or whether it's in the dugout, because this is no it's there's no longer any there's no excuses to be had. You do not lose a series out of the break against the NL's worst team after you had all that rest that you've been dying to have. All they talked about, you know, we got to get these guys into the break healthy. We got to get them well rested for this. You know, we have a good stretch coming up in the second half. And then you do what you did to start off the second half. So many things wrong that we can't pinpoint. Well, we can pinpoint them on a daily basis, but generally you look at the whole picture of 2023 and it's just, it's deflating because you have no answers. Uh, yeah. Aaron Boone, like it, I, I had, I, it's, a crazy response. it's a disrespectful and crazy response, disrespectful response and people going around doing the blame game saying we can't actually blame Aaron Boone for yesterday's game. Of course, a lot of it's on the players, but again, Nick Ramirez is in there. For the save against a lefty, he's worse against lefties than righties. That's on Aaron Boone. Two outs in the inning. Aaron Boone goes to Ron Marinaccio, who does not have a pitch comm in his head because they ran out of pitch comms in the bullpen. So minute-long delay while he gets a pitch comm and the umpires apologize to him or whatever, wasting everybody's time. First two pitches way out of the strike zone. Third one hanging slider deposited into the left field seats. That's kind of on Aaron Boone, too. Uh, runner at third, uh, runner going from second to third with nobody outs on a dribbler to the mound in the 10th inning. The Yankees, the worst road extra innings team Coaching. in the world. Get that free runner. Harrison Bader sprints to third. They call him out on the chopper to the mound. Why does Harrison Bader go to third? I get it. Trying to do too much. He might actually be safe. Aaron Boone wants a challenge. Maybe the most pivotal call of the game. Nah, he waited too long. Umpires say you waited too long. You can't challenge. Got to bring that challenge to Anaheim. Can't possibly use it during this series in Colorado. Got to be extra careful in extra innings because you might want to use that challenge again. That's on Aaron Boone. And why is Nick Ramirez in the game in the first place yesterday? By the way, Nick Ramirez is in the game in the first place yesterday because Michael King, who we all know has been inconsistent lately at best, has not been the Michael King we all know and love. His last 25 innings, he has allowed 19 hits, 11 earned runs, and has walked nine while striking out 28. His last seven games, he has an 0.89 whip, though. Still pretty good. Even average Michael King is pretty good. I would have liked to see yeah. average Michael King with the runner on second and nobody out in the 11th inning of yesterday's game trying to lock down a 7-5 win. I would have liked to see that. You know why you didn't see that? Because down 4-2 in the first game of this series, Aaron Boone decided to use Michael King for two innings. He gave up a home run. He gave up two runs in those two innings in a game that down 4-2 to the Rockies in Colorado. Your offense can't do anything, can't get a gauge. You have a chance to win that game. But isn't that when you use the slightly lower tier relievers? You're going to use Michael King in the middle innings of that game to soak up a fat chunk of a 7-2 loss. That's why he wasn't in the game Sunday. That's not why they lost. Again, I blame Glaber Torres, Anthony Rizzo, almost the entire offense. Anthony Volpe is now in a 2-for-31 slump, by the way. 
after we had the conversation about, wow, I hope we never have to think about why he's unfixed or fixed ever again. They move him to the leadoff spot. He immediately goes 0 for 8. They send him down again. He got a couple hits, but now he's in the 30 ABs with two hits. We're right back in a slump mode for Anthony Volpe. The hard hit thing and everything's trending in the right direction. Yeah, but the hits aren't coming. So he's in a slump again. Uh, Clay Holmes, Tommy Canely. Uh, you can blame everybody. You blame everybody but Garrett Cole and DJ LeMahieu and uh, basically for yesterday's game, right? But Aaron Boone definitely on that list as well. So everybody wants to do a full sell. There's nothing more embarrassing right now than people saying uh, it's time to be the Baltimore Orioles. It is time to be yeah. the Houston Astros. We got to strip this roster down to its bare parts. First of all, uh, if that was the only way for the Yankees to build a championship caliber team, then sure, fine. But we have so much evidence that that is not the way. They are not supposed to operate like that. That's why people shame the Red Sox for trading Mookie Betts. Even now that the Red Sox are kind of okay, they'd obviously be much better with Mookie Betts. All of this is like you can get a team, you can strip the parts, and you can get them to be competent again, but they'd always be better with that player that they let go. The Yankees, the Red Sox, these are supposed to be the behemoth teams with giant payrolls, the Dodgers. These are not the teams that steal money and revenue sharing. These are the teams that give money and revenue sharing. If the New York Yankees traded all their assets and stripped themselves down to an $85 million payroll, Major League Baseball would collapse. Also, you <laughs> hate Brian Cashman, right? So if you're saying the only way this team is going to compete is if they do a complete teardown, strip things apart at the seams, get rid of their whole roster, gut it, start all over again. Okay, great. Who do you want to do that? Brian Cashman, the guy you hate? No, fire him too. Let's gut the front office. Okay, great. So your foolproof plan is get rid of the GM, get rid of the manager, get rid of the players, have nothing. Wow. So smart. It must have been really tough for you to come up with that plan. What's next? <laughs> you came up with the easy part. You came up with the part where you get rid of everyone who's bad. Very good idea. What's next? The Pittsburgh Pirates have been in this mode for 25 years. Some teams never get out of this. You don't like Brian Cashman. You don't like Hal Steinbrenner. Hal Steinbrenner gets rid of Brian Cashman. You want him to pick the next Brian Cashman? You want him to pick the next GM? Do you want to get rid of Hal Steinbrenner too? Now you're starting from even less. New <laughs> owner. Great. Another brilliant addition to your plan. If this complete teardown sell-off with no players on the roster, is your, that's step one, my friends. That is step one. There are five or six very complicated years from that point forward that you need to handle. The Baltimore Orioles are run by geniuses. I wish the Yankees were run by those people. They went through complete tank mode because they're in Baltimore without much of a payroll. If they were in New York, they'd be running a great team and they'd have a great farm. They found Gunnar Henderson at like pick 36. Great. That's where we pick. We pick it like 26 to 30 every year. They would have found someone like Gunnar Henderson there. We found not that. I even like our recent drafts. Yeah, I do. I think. I hope. I like Jason Dominguez. I like the farm system. There's got to be an in-between. Your solution cannot be just rip this apart, sell everything for parts. The, the last Brian Cashman fire sale that everybody loves so much, they got Dylan Tate from Nothing. the Rangers. They got Glaber Torres, who we're trying to trade now again at this year's deadline. They got Justice Sheffield. They got Clint Frazier. They got almost nothing. Who else did they get in the Guardians deal? Was it just Frazier and Sheffield? 
uh, they got JP Fireisen, who we never oh, yeah. used. They but then ditched, and he ended up being he's good. good. He's good somewhere else. They got Ben Heller, who again we never used, but is in the Rays bullpen. Um, I don't have like an emotional attachment to most of these players. I'm just saying, be careful when you're like, wait, I've been up all night. I haven't slept in days. I figured it out. Sell everybody. Great. What a plan. You did it. It is. Um... It is a sound plan. Uh, I, the only <laughs> the only thing I sympathize with here is that would you rather watch this or would you rather just like tune out? I mean, know? I'm I'm already kind of tuned out. I laughed so hard, well, like fully tune out. Uh, I'm not. I mean, I can't do that. We'll I, I laughed so hard when Alan Trejo homered yesterday. That hilarious. My, my wife said, "What is that noise?" And I was like, "Oh, the Yankees just lost the worst game I've ever seen." <laughs> and she's used to that. Like I tweeted. I tweeted that I'm, I'm going to be late for work today because I'm just going to walk outside my apartment door and spin around for 14 to 16 hours. And you know what? I obviously didn't do that, and I showed up to work on time. Uh, but I have sort of just kind of been wandering aimlessly around the apartment. Like, I've been less productive than usual. That's how it goes. It's, it's tattooed on my brain. I can't I can't stop that. Um, yeah. that. Sorry. I mean, I prep for this podcast. I wrote a lot of content. That's, but I, I've certainly – on occasion, I've just stood up and walked to the bathroom <laughs> did I have to go to the did I have to use the bathroom? I don't know. like not not really. I just kind of like walked in there and was like looking at the medicine cabinet because I'm I'm lost. Like yeah. I don't I don't think anything they're doing is correct, but I also don't think the right answer is get new roster. Okay, great. Who's gonna do it? Where do you start? Yeah. I don't yeah, it's and that's why this is the I think that's why the frustrations boiled over is because there is no solution. You could try a number of things because like you can get rid of the manager and see if that helps. But, you know, you look at this roster, Jose Trevino, 61 OPS plus Anthony Rizzo, 106 OPS plus. Well, they're Torres. looking for catching help. So that that'll fix that. Yeah, that'll help. A- Gleyber Torres, 108 OPS plus Anthony Volpe, 83 DJ LeMahieu, 84 Oswaldo Cabrera, 63 Harrison right. Bader, 95 Giancarlo Stanton, 104 Isaiah Conner-Falefa, 86 Kyle Higashioka, 80 Josh Donaldson, 78. Billy McKinney, 102. Jake Bowers, 114. Aaron Judge, 193. So you really have one full-timer who, well, I guess we can consider Jake Bowers a full-timer. You have two full-timers who are actually playing offense and nobody else is. Can the manager fix that? Maybe. Maybe there's some other motivational tactics um, that can help these guys get right. You get rid of the manager and the GM, and you're essentially gutting half this roster. Then you're starting from scratch, and next year is not going to be fun, and the year after that probably won't be fun. Um, so, can I do a spoiler? Can I do a spoiler too? They're going to buy at the deadline. Yeah, of course they are. Like we, we can talk most- about it all we want. We can do the case for selling, the case for hybrid. Or they're they're going to buy. They yeah, might man. pull off a shocking trade. We we were all we're all over Wandy Peralta, by the way. And is 477 FIP. If the Yankees trade him out of nowhere and you're shocked by it, come to us. We'll talk to you. We'll talk you through it. The same reason we thought they're going to trade Nestor this offseason and didn't. So they might do something like that, but they're they're gonna buy and, and they, they might buy Cody Bellinger, he'll come here and be bad. Mm-hmm. They might buy Randall Gritchick, he'll come here and be injured. He's a righty. Uh that's not something they need. They might buy a catcher, Elias Diaz, Wilson Contreras. They might take on some dead money. Like they're probably not going to do all of those things, but they're going to do some of them. They're going to buy. Do you, so like, I think the perfect solution is you just, you trust Cashman to get rid of 
whatever you don't want. So what are you getting rid of here? You're getting rid of Glaber. You're getting rid of IKF. Mm-hmm. Someone will take him. Um, you're getting rid of uh, Wandy. Um, and then maybe you're getting rid of one of the other relievers. Um, like, do you trust Cashman to get decent value for that? And then in the offseason, you say, okay, we have the guys who we have under contract. New president of baseball ops, GM, new manager, new era. Mm. And then you let that person decide if they're going to sell DJ LeMahieu, John Carlos Stanton, Anthony Rizzo, whoever else here you don't want. Um, but then you're talking about the conversations being very unpleasant for a decent while. Um, turmoil with all the turnover, because that's not going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you run the risk of obviously the replacement not being that good. And you might sit there and you think, hey, you know, how much worse can it get, get than Cashman? Get a lot worse. I'm not a Brian Cashman fan, but it could get a lot worse. There's a lot of there's a lot of bad teams out there. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. For all the people just voting for the teardown, yeah, starting with a blank slate is great, but you also need you also need somebody who's capable of being an artist, one could say, if we're gonna make a nice metaphor um, because there's a lot of problems here. There's a lot of money that needs to be untied and Hal Steinbrenner is not signing off on an unlimited budget. And even if he did, who are you going to trust to make the right big money moves? Unless you're poaching somebody from the Dodgers or the Astros, like who makes the Dave Dom, like Dave Dombrowski would be fun, but he's not going anywhere. Very few people. There are very few teams out there who hit on the big money moves, and they hit on, and they hit on the you know the the value trades. It's just it's very difficult. So I would love to be. I would love to have Heim Bloom right now. I would love to be the Red Sox. I think that would be a bummer when we were looking to get over the hump. Like I think he and and what they're doing. I think they could build a winner. I think they can build like a playoff contender. When this year. No, and like next year, but like when push comes to shove, though, and Boston is like 20 games over 500 with this young core, is he even going to want to go for it and like add a big name at the deadline or somebody who's expensive? Is is Red Sox ownership going to want to add a big name at the deadline? That would be my fear there. But I at least know that that model gets you some sort of competitive roster. I would rather have their roster with the same record than ours right now mm-hmm. because they have offense like one through six they have guys with 800 ops's you ever look at their lineup yeah they actually like do stuff yeah but i don't know i feel like they're but it's because the expectations are lower that's why you're thinking that's why most people think that like red sox fans are saying that now because they were beaten to a pulp in the offseason to believe that they were nothing and they were worthless yeah. and now they're on pace with the yankees who are you know, completely decimated with injuries, dealing with every single problem you can imaginable. And now the Red Sox are fine. They're there. They're on the cusp. They have a they have a, a, a payroll that's $100 million less. So for some reason, they'll champion that aspect of the whole thing. But they're, for me, they're year to year. Like, Justin Turner's kicking ass for them. He could be gone next year. You know, they don't have a rotation. They don't have any long-term prospects in the rotation. Bam. Um, there's no singular, like outside of Rafael Devers, there's no singular player on this roster that's like franchise cornerstone star worthy. So, yeah, I mean, if you're talking about making patchwork moves on an annual basis and like 
contending for the wild card. Yeah. I think that would, yeah, I think that's what the Red Sox are doing. I don't think the Red Sox have a plan. You can't have a plan if, you know, they're not, if you're not allowed to invest as much as they should theoretically be able to invest as a big market team. Um, But they'll have enough money to get by. They'll have enough money to buy the mid tier, you know, one B free agents if they need to, to keep interest alive and keep people coming to games. Um, I would, you know, I don't like the Red Sox, but the Red Sox go from last to first, from last to first. And then it's like, cool. They have, re- and another reason they have good offense is because they play in Fenway. Everybody knows that. Yeah, it, it's a cheap count. Everybody knows that. Um, that's, you know, I'm not saying the Yankees system is perfect, but the Yankees have contended for a while. They are underwhelming and they're disappointing. I'd like them to be the Yankees. The reason they're not, the reason they're disappointing is because they're not the Yankees. And that's yeah. what the conversation is everywhere, spanning from, you know, the dinner table to WFAN to probably, you know, behind the scenes at the Yes Network. They're like, this yeah. team is not this team is not as cutthroat as it used to be in terms of, you know, getting rid of players, making, you know, maybe making tough calls with um, firing a manager or, you know, cutting the cord on a player, which they should have done much earlier. Someone like Aaron Hicks, someone like Josh Donaldson, who's now probably no longer a Yankee. Um, but yeah, if the Yankees would just operate the way that they were designed to this, I don't even think this would be a conversation because at that point you'd be like, okay, they're trying, they're trying to make like, now they try just enough, like the Rodon stuff. It's like they got to Rodon, they said more stuff was coming and then nothing came and then more injuries happened and then they sucked. Then they had the opportunity to cut people and then they cut Aaron Hicks at a weird time. So it's like, not only are they not themselves, in who they should be in theory, but they also don't make any decision in a satisfying manner for the viewer or for the fan. And that's the problem with this. Like the Red Sox ownership has beaten people to the point. So they are completely beholden to whatever the Red Sox do. Oh, Justin Turner's coming to town. That's great. Dodgers legend. Like that's huge. Kenley Jansen. Great. Now we have a closer. Yeah, That's they're better than X cherry picked random stat I found from somebody else. Like, did you know they're actually all star level? Like, Justin Turner slowed down in the second half of last Great. year. I mean, I'm interested to see if he slows down in the second half of this year too. Um, but yeah, what what the, the, that Red Sox thing though should just be that should run counter to the point that oh, you have to tank for four or five years. No, no, you don't because they all oh. go last to first. So they've done it like three times. It's yeah. not a fluke. They keep doing it. If you're a big market team that could buy mid-tier players and hit on the right combination, mm-hmm. like randomly year to year, I don't want the Yankees to finish last ever. That's a deeply unpleasant year of my life. And I'll definitely question whether they'll be able to dig out of it because I don't have a lot of faith in the people orchestrating this team. But the Red Sox just yo-yoed. 2012 Bobby Valentine to John Farrell, who wasn't even a good manager, and they win 97 games in the World Series. Like, they, they do this all the time. 2020, they, they tank in the 60-game season, right? They go like 8 and 40. They go like 8 and 52 or whatever. They have the worst record of all time. And they go immediately to the ALCS the next year. They bring in Kyle Schwarber. They bring in Hunter Renfro. Then for some reason, they decided to trade Hunter Renfro last year when they could have used Hunter Renfro and they got worse. I don't. That's why I don't fully trust the people pulling the strings there. The people pulling the strings there brought in Corey Kluber this year. Also, James Paxson had a 278 ERA entering his most recent start. Like they just get God tier performances out of people that they don't deserve to get God tier performances from. And they really bother the hell out of me. But if we had somebody savvy who was at least able to hit on like five of eight acquisitions in a given year, what a difference that would make. Because the Yankees are going like one and nine right now. Yeah. Speaking of one of those acquisitions, 
Can I uh, can I just read everybody a little gift first? Yeah. Uh, yeah. An offer for the fans from DraftKings. Mm-hmm. Um, this is DraftKings, by the way. If you're an MLB fan, you haven't signed up for DraftKings yet, you're a fool. If you are a new user, you can receive $150 in bonus bets instantly after following just three steps. One, create an account. Two, deposit. Three, then wager $5 or more on any sport. Whether your first wager wins or loses, you will still receive $150 in bonus bets. All you have to do is use the code yanks go yard on the screen that is the code yanks go yard with DraftKings. that not only gets you the bonus it also supports the podcast for considering signing up for DraftKings, and you have not yet definitely use the code yanks go yard to maximize your first bets this offer is available to new customers who are 21 plus physically present legal gambling states please remember to always gamble responsibly check the episode description for the full terms of the offer now hit us with the business what is the business um josh Donaldson. On the IL, we're going there. Did they? Play I mean, Spanish? Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson was placed on the IL yesterday. Peraza. Yeah, um, this can't be like that's just not gonna. You're just not, we won't. You, we won't see him again. Like we just. How could you? Just won't. How could you possibly? You think uh, you think bringing this guy back into the lineup after he's so first he had what a week got injured, came back. Had yeah, he was playing time two, two for 17 or two, I think two for 18 with a homer. And yeah. then we never saw him for, for months. Then we never saw him. And we thought that that was for good because a, the Yankees were playing great without him and B, we just simply didn't need him. Then he comes back. Then he gets a ton of consistent playing time sucks. Then gets benched for a series. And then you're wondering what's going to happen next. Is it a release? Is it a role change? Not really. It was just a random thing to drum up bullshit media attention that made the he and Aaron Boone had a long meeting Aaron yeah. was late for his Accomplish press conference nothing. shooting the shit talking about old baseball memories with Josh Donaldson complete it did nothing because then Josh Donaldson was just playing again so you just created all this controversy for absolutely no reason now he gets injured before the break remember he hurt his calf yeah and then he's back in there yeah. five days later and hurts his calf again and then needs an MRI. So and it's the same thing they did with him on the rehab assignment. He hurt his hamstring. They're like, yeah, you know, he's not totally ready yet, but we're going to send him on that rehab assignment. Then he gets injured during the rehab assignment. And then you don't hear from him again until he cuts his hand um, on a, on a great adventure castle or whatever he was playing. I forgot with. he did um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So um, now at this point, if everybody can just go their separate ways, I think it just needs to happen. Um, am I confident you know, you took Oswald Peraz is here. Great. Um, yeah. Am I confident that we're going to see the most out of him? Uh, not after he decided to go from second to third after delaying a tag up yesterday, which actually probably was the main factor. If you really think back on it on why the Yankees may have lost the game um, because that killed all momentum. And then it sent, it sent a tie into the bottom half of the ninth. Um, no, but would I'd rather see Oswald Peraza get run over the next two and a half months and see what we potentially might have in him rather than run Josh Donaldson out there and watch him whiff on 92 mile an hour fastballs. Yeah. I'd rather see Oswald Peraza. Yeah. And if you're going to trade Glaber Torres, then great. You have Oswald Peraza here to fill in the gaps and you just figure out what's going to happen. He was good at the end of last year. We enjoyed watching him at the end of last year. His career was taken off path by Anthony Volpe beating him out in spring training. Um, don't know what's going to happen, but definitely don't need Donaldson back here because that's part of the vibe factor that's bringing this team down. 
and you would rather just see what you have in your younger players who are supposed to be the building blocks of your organization. I think that's it. I mean, we can't see him before the deadline. I don't think we can see oh, him. No, you again, won't. But you know, you can't see him in the next two weeks. There's no way that his calf gets better. Um, even though, again, he hurt himself before the deadline, before the break. And everyone was like, is he hurt? No, he's going to play the next day. Why? Got to get that bat in the lineup. I don't think we really do. And then I uh, came back and he was very, he couldn't run yesterday um, on Saturday. Just, just couldn't move anymore. Yeah. And Aaron Boone saying, yeah, no, this time it looks pretty serious. Remember Josh Donaldson was injury prone before we got here too. The worry was like, man, that guy has crazy exit velo. He's got a great bat, but he is always hurt. Well, always hurt now he's always hurt he's got no bat he's got nothing he's got no exit velo to speak of nothing interesting so now he's hurt yankees finally benefiting from that wish him well again but can't can't be seeing you oswald peraza hit 155 and battled injury in the month of june Woo! uh rumors to i mean we mentioned it earlier we laughed at you know oh i gotta get that bullpen catcher and rotation right you know is that the whole roster like where was this in February when you entered the season without a left fielder? Also, why rotation? Especially because you might have to trade someone from the rotation. Like Clark Schmidt is in danger of going to the bullpen when Nestor comes back. So is Domingo Herman. So is Luis Severino. You could just like put him on the IL and lie about it for yeah. a while and, and try to send him into free agency on a high note. Aaron Boone loves taking people out on a high note. He loved taking Domingo Herman out so he can enter the break on a high note for Gilbert Torres to kick his win towards second base and roll it and have Tommy Canley give it the two-run single to tie the game against the Cubbies. Um, I, there's the only trade I kind of like out of all of the – I mean, Randall Gritchick, look, this happens every year. It, we're, we're talking about Randall Gritchick, who's a Yankee killer, and suddenly the Yankees have interest. He's hitting 300 in Colorado with five homers, also battling groin tightness right now. I hear all of these things there's a good chance that the team that wins the world series is just some random team that was like, we decided to roll the dice on Randall Gritchick. And Oh my God, he hit 12 home runs down the stretch. Amazing. For that sure. hasn't happened to the Yankees in decades. So why would it happen to us? Um, Steve Pierce for the Reds. Like uh, no one would have said there. Oh, the Red Sox won the world series in 2018, the day they acquired Steve Pierce, but they did. No one would have said the, the, uh, the Braves won the world series in 2021, the day they acquired Adam Duvall, Eddie Rosario and Jorge Soler, but they did. So there's a good chance that this year's World Series champion, we're looking back on Randall Gritchick hosting, hoisting the World Series trophy in a Phillies jersey and going, oh my God, I can't believe it happened to me. And this is the move that won the deadline. I get it. But the Yankees need lefty bats. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a righty. The Yankees need sure things. He's not a sure thing. People want the Yankees to go after Cody Bellinger. The Cody Bellinger, Jan Gomes package makes a little sense if they intend on upgrading catcher. I don't know what you do with your other two catchers. DFA Jose Trevino that seems unfathomable last year he won the platinum glove last year DFA Kyle Higashioka he's been starting wouldn't you just go internal with Ben Rortfett if you wanted to make a catching shakeup wouldn't you just call up Austin Wells why, why are we trading for a catcher um there's nothing I'm as sure of in my entire life though is Cody Bellinger struggling the second he gets here. Oh, there's, there's no way I get it but there's no way I've seen too much of it somebody's got to prove me wrong for me to backtrack on this because everybody be proving me right. And that's the thing with the deadline. The deadline's never really worked out for, like we said, we talked about it last episode. 2017 was the only discernible time where it was like, wow, that not only changed the production in terms of where they were deficient, but it changed the entire complexion and the vibes and the dynamic and all of that. Can't remember another deadline that did that. Not once. 
So why are why is anybody? I don't know if there are people excited about seeing. That. I think most of the stuff I've seen was like making fun of this because obviously it's and you're talking about the entire roster. Um, oh, also, what are you trading? You traded out of all the upper levels of your farm system the last two years. So I don't know what assets you have that you're comfortable parting with because it seemed like all those deadlines did was create more of a path for these next guys that you ostensibly believe in to come to the major leagues at some point with the, whether it's this year, whether it's next year, whether it's the beginning of 2025, whatever it is. Um, but yeah, starting rotation was a shocker to me because if there's one thing this team has, it's starting pitching. Um, you're going to trade for bullpen assets when you can't hit. So like, I again, I don't know. Like, yeah, the bullpen blew it yesterday, but how many times has how many times have you needed the bullpen this year that like would have made the difference in however many games? If you're constantly in these tight games over and over again, great, but like they don't hit, so they're they're constantly on the trailing end of these games that are close. You don't make a bullpen trade just because Nick Ramirez blew a save in a 7-5 game in Colorado. Like That's not why you make a bullpen trade. Yeah, just because you have three bad relievers in, what, Albert Abreu, Nick Ramirez, and Ron Marinaccio doesn't mean, oh, we have to upgrade the bottom of the bullpen now because that's an obvious spot that we have to fix. Um, You upgrade your bullpen to patch up a deficiency where you need an actual strength to take you over the top. And proving the bullpen right now, this team had the best bullpen in the first half. Seven games over 500 in the first half. Fine, but not great. Again, fortifying the bullpen for a team that, what what was the stat today? They're 78 and 76. However you want to cherry pick. 90, 94 and 92. The last couple of years. Let me, let me get the exact number. Like this is, this is a 500 team for way over a season. Yeah. And that's the thing that the, you are not moving the needle on a 500 team by upgrading the bottom three spots of your bullpen. And the fact that they're even thinking about starting pitching is crazy because that's the only asset they have catcher. You want to upgrade. This is the plan for catcher. You wanted, you wanted better defensive catchers because you went boomer bust on offense with Gary Sanchez. It didn't work out because he was so bad on defense and his offense ended up coming back to haunt him because it was, it was far too much all or nothing and now you have the good defensive catchers, and now you want to upgrade offensively? You should be looking to upgrade where you have people playing out of position or where you have Giancarlo Stanton locked into the DH spot because he can only play outfield once or twice a week. IKF, he went to jump up for that home run. He had no idea where he was in the outfield. He ran directly into the wall. There's guys playing out of position all over the field, guys who are not comfortable, guys who don't have their head in the game. Labor Torres, perfect guy. You want to upgrade? Get somebody who has their head on their shoulders for nine innings, six days a week. Get a better third baseman. You know, see if you you can get a better backup first baseman to sub in for Rizzo when you're having all the, when when he's going through the slump because playing him through the slump is not working. The bench killed me yesterday. At one point, they showed a graphic that was like, I, maybe when they brought Peraza in, I don't even remember, but it was like, here are the guys we could go with right now, and it was like. Franchi was the only guy still hanging out on the bench available. Franchi, the least competitive at bat of the season yeah. two days ago. There's nobody worse than him. Maybe in, in, in the current scope of Major League Baseball, I would take everybody over that player. And he, he was the guy left on the bench. Oh, good. It was like, we used our second catcher. We used Billy McKinney. We used Oswald Peraza. And now we've got Franchi left. So that's that's great. Let's 
Let's uh, hopefully we don't need him to pitch the 13th. But we're protecting a three run lead. I can't believe I actually said yesterday the Yankees needed four runs in the top of that inning, and I didn't think they'd even get one. They got two. They needed four. They gave up three. They literally needed four. Um, it, it's the least fun team to watch. It's just so it's so unbelievably predictable. Get guys Very, who get with runners in scoring position. Two figure that out. Two tw- they were they were um, seven for thirty one this weekend. Yeah, three for three for thirteen yesterday. Three for eleven the day before. One for seven on Friday. Get somebody who can get somebody outside of Harrison Bader who can hit with runners in scoring position. It's been five years of this. Is that a stat? Like that's a stat you can go find. Who's hitting well in scoring position? Let's go find them. Of course, like, if you get the guy who is hitting well in runs, it's such a variance. It's a high variance stat. You get the guy who's actually doing it, he'll come here and not do it. It, it always <laughs> evens out to like 50-50. So it's like if he did it in the first half, yeah. he's not going to do it in the second half. If he didn't do it in the first half, he might do it in the second half. I was all over Corey Dickerson this offseason. That's who I wanted the Yankees to get. I thought it would be like a $2 million lefty swinging outfielder. Uh, runner in scoring position hitting 207 so far this year for the Nats. He's been my, worth minus .6 B-War. He's got a 73 OPS plus. He has been absolutely dreadful. And I and still kind of think he's going to be I still kind of think he's going to be Yankee. That would be that would be run of the mill on this offense. Yeah. He'd be like the fifth best hitter on the team. Yeah. Um yeah, in summation guys, we have no answers. I, w- I wish we did. Um no. but we're going to be doing a, we're going to be doing a buying episode in 2 weeks cuz they're going to buy. I hope not. I really hope I really hope it's a hybrid retool because the sale is too much to ask for i think you're gonna i think what you're honestly gonna see is you're gonna see um uh you're gonna see glaber and wandy gone they're gonna hang on to everybody else um they're gonna maybe buy a couple of guys and then see what happens but it still won't be enough maybe at that point they figure out a way to for somebody to eat the remaining what 10 million on josh donaldson's deal um and they could swing something there because they got to improve the depth too like like you're saying franchi franchi's hanging out like that can't be on a championship caliber team like look across the league look at the benches everywhere else you don't have minor league players and i know that this is a symptom of injuries too but if they're serious about taking some sort of step if they're actually going to buy the depth needs to be prioritized and that's arguably more important than fixing this the starting lineup because there's not going to be that many starting caliber players that you're going to be able to acquire and maybe at the very least you can buy some depth players that have some years on them i know you've been you've been uh harping on controllable bats which yeah i would agree with too but you set yourself up for 2024 yeah you can buy yourself into preparing for next year but you are not buying and for 2023 and the otani report from last week just it couldn't be funnier at this point could not we be just, funnier. We just better not get the same thing for 2020. When you wait that whole deadline and you're like, I don't know, we could use Archie Bradley. I don't know, we could use some depth. I don't know, we use some offense. I don't really know what to think. This season is 30 games old. We could obviously use something. They don't make a single trade. And then Brian Cashman's like, nothing materialized. That's the worst case scenario. Nothing like, materialized. Eh, eh, nothing materialized. No one was doing anything. Sorry. We, like, yes, I know that Franchi Cordero is here because of injuries. But even before those in, those injuries were to Willie Calhoun and Jake Bowers, even before those injuries, it was like, should those people be here? So they, I haven't. Uh, there's there's not a sure thing on this roster to me. Yeah, yeah Jake Bowers should be the backup first baseman as the third guy on the bench. 
Yeah, that would make that would make for a good depth situation. Not an everyday first baseman playing left field. Well, fire Cashman, fire Boone, tear it down, strip it for parts. Aaron Judge and Garrett Cole will st- still be here. They'll win a bunch of games every year. They will never be bad enough to pick higher than 11th because their payroll is huge. Stanton will hit a bunch of home runs. Like, we'll, we'll have Giancarlo Stanton Day to get attendance at the ballpark in three years when he passes 400 homers. Yes, I know he's only 11 homers away from 400 homers, but I also think it'll be three years before he does it because <laughs> he'll be injured that entire duration. When he does it, we'll give him a plaque. Hal Steinberg will come out, get booed again then maybe sign the equivalent of Carl's Rodon. They still won't be good. 94-92 in their last 186 games. 186 games, that's longer than a season. That's a 500 mm-hmm. team. They were 70-34 and 34 last year, entering the deadline. They made all the wrong moves. They torpedoed chemistry. Torpedoed. They're a 94-92 team since then. It's absolutely insane. And these people... Um, and remember, by the way, when we're saying, hey, no teardowns or whatever, I'm not saying keep Cashman for life. I'm not saying don't put heat on Brian Cashman and Aaron Boone. I'm just saying there's a way to do this. It does not involve trying to pick first for the next three years under new stewardship. But new stewardship is absolutely necessary because whatever these guys are preaching is stale. Whatever they're going to try to put together at the deadline won't work whatever somebody else does at the deadline will work there is no winning here yeah well uh aaron judge me even with aaron judge returning i don't know what anybody sees here but yeah you don't want to we're not gonna we're not gonna go to the dregs of mlb to try and get this back on track this organization has the resources to not do that and also it's still very hard to do that the orioles took a while the astros took a while um, but yeah, Aaron judge returning within 10 days, uh, and close it out here. That's probably not happening, especially no. at this rate, at this rate, if they don't pick it up, if they don't get, if they don't turn this podcast around over these next three series, there is no sense of bringing Aaron judge back this season, unless the doctor looks at his toe and said, you know what? It's completely healed. He's good to do anything and everything he ever wanted to do. Yeah. Um, that's the only scenario in which Aaron judge should come back. If they survive, that's if they survive these next, what is it? It's three against the Angels, four against the Royals, three against the Royals. Uh, Great, great question. I wish I knew my own team. Eight Um, games. It's eight games. I think it's eight games and it's Angels, Royals, Mets. They're not going to win any of these games against the Angels. They might win one. Luis Severino's getting bombed tonight. Like, don't watch tonight. Then they've got three against the Royals. They got a day off and two against the Mets. Then they go to Baltimore, bloodbath. Then Tampa comes here. Fine. Houston comes here. Bloodbath at White Sox. Maybe you got a shot at Marlins. Bloodbath at Braves. Bloodbath. Red Sox come to town. Bloodbath. Face the Nationals. They'll win that series. At Rays for three. Bloodbath. Interesting. Should be a great August. Uh, You want to complain about how a 15-44 team is in last place right now? You're about to see a last place team in last place after that stretch because they uh, don't have the talent to compete with almost any of those teams. No. Uh, but theoretically, Angels, Royals, Mets should be relatively easy. Should be six and two during that stretch. They're not going to win a game in LA. They never do. They're not going to win any of these games. Luis Severino tonight. Luis, I read some real analysis about Luis Severino against Griffin Canning. Why did I read that? Who cares? He's going to give up seven that? runs and two innings. He's give up seven runs and two innings. I don't care what Griffin Canning has done lately. He's the worst offense in baseball. Yeah, He's the worst pitcher in baseball going tonight. Come on, it's over. It's already over. Do they have the stones to shove him to the bullpen after a bad start tonight? 
No. I know. <laughs> they he should. He, this is it. He gets one. You get one star. This is it. I mean, I yeah, if I was running the show, he would have – no, he would have been out last start. But if he really made a case and I was running the show and he wanted one more, I'd give him one more. And if he failed, it'd be goodbye. But I mean, what they, what they should have done was won yesterday so they could go into this series having won a series in Colorado – Slightly better position than it, they yeah. had been when they opened the series. It, oh, yeah, the pressure. Great. Oh, man, the yeah. pressure is going to kill them. Yeah, they should have won yesterday. Go, all right, this is your last chance. We took the first series out of the break. Harder than it should have been, but we did it. Go out there. This is, Go out and pitch for your job. And then after he was terrible and lost, they should have demoted him. Now it's a game that actually matters. You don't want to start one and three out of the break. But they will. So big old bummer. Big old bummer. Well, all right, folks. All right, folks. We'll see you on Thursday. We really will. We promise. I and mean, we're having no fun. But we're open to feedback. If you have thoughts, if you have moves you actually want to see this team make, you have strategies to drag them out of the netherworld. We're open to them. I think there's a way to do it. I still think this could be a World Series winner next year. I really do. But not this year. And early in the season, I was hesitant. And I was like, well, you know what? No, I should have stuck to my convictions. Uh, not a contender. Probably not a playoff team. They're going to make some very interesting moves in the next two weeks. Hopefully they're closer to a hybrid model than a straight buy. But we'll see you back here on YouTube Thursday afternoon, 2 o'clock Eastern. And we will be on all podcast platforms in the interim. You can listen to this one or back episodes. Get ready for Thursdays. Hopefully the Yanks have racked up three wins against the Angels in L.A. I honestly, I promise you I'm not just posturing. I do not have faith in them winning any of these games. The Angels have the fifth best offense in baseball. And they're hot offensively. Yeah. What are we gonna how what are we gonna do? How are we gonna stop this? Uh Severino Herman and Carlos Rodon, who I don't even blame for Friday night. He was okay. It's a second start back from injury. I got I got 30 guys to check out before I get to Carlos Rodon. But then again, just another depressing reminder that this rehabbing man is what we paid for. Um I'm Adam Weiner, but you can find me on Twitter at Adam Weiner. Thomas Carinante, I can't even speak anymore. Where can the people find you? Folks, I'm at Tommy's underscore takes. We are both at the official Yanks Go Yard Twitter account at Yanks Go Yard FS. A lot of action there. Keep it up. We're having a good time. Uh, visit us again, yanksgoyard.com. Plenty of content there. Uh, a lot of trade deadline stuff. A lot of us yelling. Um, we want to hear more from you. Engage. Let's get to it. Two weeks left before this roster could look completely different for better or for worse. And uh, who better to spend the time with than us, right? All of us in this together. We'll talk to you next time on Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern live right here. Yankees Angels, do what you can. Yes, we will. We'll see you then. I feel completely insane. Check it with us on Thursday. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, 
and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.